Hey friend, if you're an Email Templates 101 owner, be sure to log in and check out the 2024 updates and brand new templates in your course. You'll find a new active listing seller check-in template as well as a new offer delivery template for your sellers, plus lots of fine tuning to the other existing templates. Don't have Email Templates 101 yet? Grab yours now at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash courses. I can see my buyer deflating. <laughs> like, wow. Welcome to marriage. <laughs> like, you're gonna have to do you're that. You're gonna have to do that, I understand. Any like hidden passageways? Any evidence of no, someone, <laughs> someone living, living there? there? What? I'm like very confused. Like, are you blind? <laughs> Not with me. <laughs> Wait, oh my word, what? Wow, well, let's end on that. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. <laughs> hey, Katie. How are you today? She's fine. We are giggly right now. We are. <laughs> <laughs> so, Which is not good because we're kind of doing a somber topic. That's true. <laughs> so this is episode 193, Handling Difficult Deals. And I made a second title called When It's Over, It's Over. Oh. But you'll understand why in a minute. Not about the first two things, but about the last thing. Regardless, we need a little giggle on the front end because okay. <laughs> it is going to get a bit serious. Right. And of course, we're going <laughs> to handle this delicately, even though we have the giggles. In real estate, there are lots of transactions that you come across that aren't just happy and puppies and rainbows and roses and people are selling or buying for maybe unpleasant circumstances. Sure. Okay. So how do we handle difficult deals? Should I read the-, the Yeah. Why don't you read what sparked this episode okay, for so us? So we kind of kind of take this in a couple of directions while we're in the show. But Sarah, uh, a listener, sent us this request. And this is what she said. How do you handle difficult deals? Had a cash buyer come to closing $16,000 short. Um, when your buyers buy home, they soon realize has a lot of problems and have to put a lot of money into it and hate it. This has happened for my last two transactions. Ugh. Anxiety and guilt when a buyer cancels a contract, even worse, without proper cause and their escrow deposit is then jeopardized. Dealing with that this week. She was having a rough go. Yeah. So, Sarah, thank you for the request because lots of transactions are difficult mm -hmm. and for all different sorts of reasons. So... What, do you, what, what, do you what I appreciated about her message is because when I was new, I found that so often when I was doing my one month after closing check-in or two months, they were often had something negative to say. Right. Even if it wasn't all negative, like, oh my gosh, we love the house. Yeah, we did have to get a new AC. But <laughs> other than that, it's going real. And I just always had trouble hearing the the negative things. Did you internalize that? I think so. Me too. And I'm like, oh no, I hope that They're they don't me. blame me right. for this. Right. And so I got to the point where I was nervous sometimes to check in and see how things were going. Like I didn't want to know. No, don't like, tell me. It's better if we don't know. Yeah. And so I went through a 
few years where <laughs> I just didn't ask. Now, like you develop kind of like you just develop a thicker skin over time. I still feel bad for my client if something bad happens after they buy a house or even if they sell a house and regret it. Like I still feel bad. I still sympathize and empathize with them. But I think I'm less afraid and maybe I understand now the steps to take when they start down that path Mm -hmm. instead of being like, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? Well, you can't fix it. No. It's already happened. Mm -hmm. You can assist in what they're going through. Like I have clients um, right now that are dealing with a house that's only three years old that they bought through me and it has this big you know, stucco issue with the leaking wall and they're having to rebuild the whole front of their house. And so I was like, well, here's a water, um, you know, remediation person. Mm-hmm. Here's maybe someone you can check in with to find out about your home warranty, like your your new home warranty ad. Like here's a title. Here is actually a real estate attorney if you need that. Like, so right. just give them, um, you know, what you can as far as support, but mm-hmm. you can't fix you can't fix that stuff. And it's I mean, not your fault. It's not your fault it, that no house is perfect. And if you listen to the episode two ago, um, where we go through the due diligence period, <laughs> you you want to set them up during your transaction to understand the house isn't perfect now. It's not going to be perfect forever. There are going to be problems. Being a homeowner comes <laughs> with great uh, reward comes great responsibilities. Yeah. Right. If you're going to be a homeowner, like these things are going to happen. But you can have empathy and listen and try to help them, you know, go in the right direction to fix, but you can't internalize that. Right. And I think you made a good point that setting the expectations the right way yeah, and understanding how to deal with things. Because I do think people's first thing is to point the finger of yeah. this, the previous owner knew this. Like, right. no, I mean, no. they likely didn't depending right. on what it is. And a lot of times I have to point out to them the rules of engagement. Okay. Fine. Let's say they did know this is what happens now. You have to sue them for fraud. Right. Then you have to prove that they knew, Mm -hmm. which isn't exactly an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it might seem like they knew or you're going to be like, oh, obviously they knew. How would you not know? You'd have to have proof that they knew. Mm -hmm. So it really is kind of like a hey, I under and we have as is transactions that that's almost all of our transactions here. When you buy at closing, you're taking the property as is. There's no going back to the seller in a year or two years or three years. But that was the law before. You had three years, remember? That's insane. To three me. years to be like, hey, take this back. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's broken. This one's broken. Right. I don't want it anymore. No. no. So I think it's important for your buyers to understand during the transaction that that's the case. And then you'll have less of these feelings afterwards where they're like, what do you mean I can't get the seller to fix the AC? We just moved in a week ago. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but that's not, that's not how any of this works. And that's why we take the inspection period so seriously. That's why we take the walkthrough so seriously. Right. We have to be there. We have to do those things because after closing, that's it. It's it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Can you tell us what would you consider a difficult deal just generally off the top of your head if you were picking difficult deals? Um, I have found successions can be tricky if the heirs are not all in agreement. Right. Um, selling the family home yeah, is always emotional. really hard. Right? And I always, because my parents live in the house that they built before I was born. So every time I am meeting someone, I have this like 
future vision of one day I might have to sell the family home and I see myself in their position. Right. Or like even your grandmother's home. I know. Right. Yeah. I mean, she lives right next door. Mm -hmm. It's like our little, you know. You're like family compound. compound. It is. Right. So that one is toughy. Um, And then just dealing with the situations that people are in, if it's a negative situation as to why they are selling, right? financial reasons, yeah. they can no longer afford their house or- They've lost a job. Lost a job. I mean, you know, divorce. There's just so many right, things. Right, or even just like a one of the spouses has passed away, not even like right. a full-on secession. It's children or someone has inherited it. Mm-hmm. But what if only one person has passed away and the other can't stay there anymore? Right. Either they can't take care of the house, they can't afford it, whatever the case may be. You really have to handle those transactions differently mm-hmm. and delicately. Right. It's all the Ds. You know, for your for your deaths and your divorce, you need to be you know, delicate, right? You know, really listen. And as much as we would love to have content for Instagram and make these really pretty posts, sometimes it's just not the situation for that. No, right, 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 right. Like, you know, we have to respect what's going on in their life. Right. You know, yes, you got paid, but that might have to be it. Right. Right. Like we're not, we're not looking to celebrate number three transaction for this month. Yeah. No. Woohoo. Um, I did make a quick list of tips for handling difficult or delicate emotional transactions like a death or divorce. Okay. Would you like to hear them? Yeah. Okay. Number one, remember to listen. Mm-hmm. Just listen. When you're dealing with people who are emotional, they need to talk it out. They need someone to hear them. They need to say maybe things that are illogical but are emotionally based, and you just listen. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't need to do anything but that. Uh, number two, have empathy so picture like you are yeah picture yourself on that path like what how would you feel what would you want your agent to do like what would you need from someone as and remember you're a professional mm-hmm. we don't have to make them happy better sometimes in these cases no matter what you do they're upset right you can't do anything right it feels like it's not about you right they're having a whole nother situation going on uh, number three communicate delicately so be mindful of how you deliver messages. Um, like if you're re- sending a repair request with a thousand things on it to the house of their mother who's just passed away and they love the house and they grew up there and nothing is wrong with it in their eyes, mm-hmm. you got to frame this delivery of this message somehow. Right. Like maybe you don't just send it straight up. Maybe you want to call and have a talk and you know ease them into it. You're going to have to do a lot of easing into things, yeah, you know, to make sure they're okay. Um, this one is for divorce and honestly for secession. Number four is speak to all parties equally. Mm-hmm. You cannot pick, oh, well, if the wife hired you, not the husband. Two people are selling that house. Mm-hmm. If two people are selling that house, you better give every single message to two people. And my other tip on this is don't do it in a group text. Mm. Sometimes in a in a divorce that's not going so well, they don't want to be communicating with each other <laughs> together. They don't want to be communicating together. So you've got to send a cut and paste of the same thing both ways, right? right. Both emails, both texts, whatever separate. you're doing. Together, separate. but separate. <laughs> two people get the phone call. Two people are making the – if two people had to sign your listing documents, two people need all of the communication. Right. 
um, remember, and I've lost many a listing where one party wanted to hire me, but the other did not. And they just put their foot down and they had to hire the other party's agent. You will lose deals because in a divorce, someone's going to say, I want my agent, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe sometimes that's you. I even have a good situation right now where that's happening because I sold this young guy his first house and he's lived there for three years and he called me and was like, hey, I'm getting married. I need your help listing it. So I sent him all my stuff and we were discussing and I checked in with him. I was like, hey, let me know when you're ready for a walkthrough. And he said, well, I'm like so sorry to tell you this, but my fiance had already called her realtor. Right. And that's she she wants to use her. And I'm like, welcome to marriage. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna have to do that. You're gonna have to do that. I understand. I'll keep it in mind. But yeah, I just thought it was funny. That I mean, so it's true. Like there's two parties, someone's making the choice. Mm -hmm. If you are the agent who got that listing, but weren't the one that the other party wanted, you need to treat them very well. Right. Because they already don't trust you if they don't trust their spouse. Like if something like that's going on, they don't trust you. They don't want to hear it from you. I've been in situations where it was a divorce situation and the wife still occupied the home and the husband had moved out. They were in dispute about what agent to use. And the wife said, we can, per our divorce attorney, you have four months. <gasps> and if it doesn't sell in four months, okay. we will switch to his realtor. Wow. I said, okay. No pressure. Right. And I luckily it worked out, but it just made me realize like, hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I did. I tried to really... I've always said, no matter what, if I have a listing that expires or gets withdrawn, my goal is always to treat them in a way that when they have the next realtor, they miss me. That's a good, that's a good goal. Like even if I didn't sell the house, at least now you realize that you did a good job. I did a good job. I was communicating with you. I was transparent. So that was my goal. Okay. I like that. More though, than to yeah. even sell the house. Right. Was just, just to do, do the, the best I could. Do the good job. Okay. I have one more on um, handling these. Be aware, and this really goes with communication, be aware of who is legally in charge of this sale. Mm-hmm. And that is who you should be. So in a secession, many times, what are there? Two, three, five, six siblings. There is someone who is typically in charge, right? Mm-hmm. And is able to sign alone. If it's not and you have to get six signatures, then you've got to talk to six people. But a lot of times there is a person mm-hmm. who's in charge, right? Um, so I have a story for you. Okay. I did a listing last year. Very, very nice family. It was actually a past client who had moved away. Well, it was a referral-ish. She was one of the siblings, mm. but she was still far away. And there was a sibling locally as the parent, the mother's home, the mother passed away. The sibling in charge was the executor of the will. So they were the buck stops here, like we sign. (laughs) But there were several, two sisters here, and the one that I had worked with was away. When I went to do the the first walk through the pre-listing, the two sisters were there along with the the brother who was handling the deal. Um, they all had you know things to tell me. I wrote it all down. I addressed them all. I you know you look them all in the eye. You listen to their opinion. You take it all in. 
And then, you know, they go on their way. We make decisions to do some renovations, okay? Because it was going to make them way more money if they just put the money in to renovate and then sell it. And they had the money to do that in the estate. They all, it's going to feel in these situations like there are a lot of chiefs, right? Like too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. They all want their say. They all equally own it, but only one person legally has to sign. Well, they all knew who I was and how to find me. Oh. Oh, yes. That's right. Um, They would contact me by text, by email, by phone, any of, it could be any one of them at any moment and be like, hey, I really don't love that shutter color. Mm. I'm like, okay, well. We've all agreed to this, and we're just going to keep on rolling, right? Right, right. Or I would get a text from one the day we listed, when will you be doing the first open house? Although in the listing, I've already talked with the main party and been like, we're not doing that, and this is why, or this is when we would. But now I'm having to re- you know, re-relay that information. Basically, I'm having to re-sell myself and my system to another party, even though I already have the listing. I could have just been like, delete, ignore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to you. I tried to just be respectful and respond as best I could. And they were fine. And it sold and everything went well. But they're not easy transactions. No. There's more pieces and parts and people with opinions, and you mm-hmm. have to just navigate it. I had a succession situation. It was the family home, and it was three siblings. And um, one of them felt like she was owed more. <laughs> Why? Because she did so much for the parents towards the end with appointments and things like that. She kind of felt like yeah. she was more available Right. And in some ways, it it didn't necessarily make her a better person. It's just that she was the only one that did not work. Right. So she was available, whereas the other two had very right. strict jobs and did what they could. It wasn't that they loved the parents less. less. Yep. Okay. Okay. And this house was like $900,000. It was a big house. Mm-hmm. And at the closing, after like whatever the final number was divided by three, there was an extra penny. Did she get the penny? They actually had a discussion about it. About the penny. About it. Yes. About that who's she getting should this get penny? it because she she should get the bigger share because she did the most. Wow. And I just sat there going, wow. And it's really funny because I follow like this toddler page (laughs) about like, you know, just communicating with toddlers and how the toddler melted down because they asked for a banana and the mom peeled the banana Mm -hmm. and gave it. And the toddler like had a complete meltdown. Right. Because they wanted to peel the banana. Yeah, this is And the whole point that she made was – it was never about the banana. Right. It's about the toddler's perception and they right. want to be able to have some independence. And right. Same situation. It wasn't about the penny. But to her, she needed them to say, yes. you can have this penny. Right. You did do more. She w- right. She wanted that acknowledgement. And when I tell you, it was not just a quick discussion. Like the title attorney was like, I'm going to be right back. And when I come back, we'll see, you know, where y'all have made it in this discussion. And uh, yeah, so they ultimately she got the penny, which it wasn't about the penny, but <gasps> just goes to show. She she needed that penny. She get, I guess so. I, all right. I, that makes perfect you sense. You win. Though. Right. You got it. You won. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've acknowledged. Um. Do you have any other good, not good, 
any other stories that would apply because these are not necessarily good stories. I actually, when we were when I was preparing for this episode, I felt like I had more stories okay. than information. Great. One of my first. I was on phone duty, and this was in my early years of real estate, and I got a call from this guy. I didn't really like him. He wasn't very nice to me. Right. <laughs> and he wanted to see this house. And I was like, okay, you know. So I show him the house, and he tells me that he's buying because he's getting a divorce. So I'm like, okay, I still don't think you have to be rude, but I'm right. sorry right. that you're going through that. You're going okay. through something. So I helped him buy. And then he surprised me at the closing table because I didn't know him that well. Right. Just through this one transaction, I didn't know him before. And at the closing table, he said, well, I guess I need you to come look at our house since, you know, that one will have to be sold too because my ex-wife is moving somewhere else. So I was like, oh, okay. So he bought and then I sold the house that they lived in. Okay. And then – I met the wife a few times when they were exchanging children. Sometimes she came straight to the house we were at and they did the exchange. So I met her and then she was kind. And then she called me to buy. Wow. That was very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. They co-parented well together. They still had a good – They had such a good relationship that they got back together. I could feel this coming. (laughs) I could feel this coming. They had such a good relationship that they got back together. Okay. Okay. So at this point, I've had three real estate transactions. Okay. Wait. They both bought didn't and I you, sold the home. You didn't have to sell their individual homes for them to get back together? So I did. <laughs> so then I sold their individual homes and they bought one together again. Wow. Okay. And then a few but, years later. Uh, it didn't work out. <laughs> it didn't work out. Dang it. I know. So she stayed in the home I sold. Okay. And he bought a new one. Oh, my. And then two years later, I sold that one and she bought. <laughs> So okay. now they are independent. But just so you know, because I've been tallying this, that's Thank one, goodness. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine transactions and from they, this sweet, tumultuous. I think they could have avoided couple. quite a few of them with some therapy, maybe. Yeah. Now, I will say, in all of my pride, they came out well on all of them. Okay. They, all right. Great. It was a good real estate Financially, investment. things Financially, were fine. Financially, things were fine. Perfect. They came out ahead. They made money on all they the were houses not, I sold They were never them. really unhappy with the real estate <sighs> They were always in a bad mood. Well, they, no. weren't, they weren't in a bad mood the, the, t- the, the two times yeah, that <laughs> we bought together. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes, the other times it was like, okay, well – Things aren't going well. Were they embarrassed to reach out to you the last time when they were like, they were like, guess what? Yeah. Didn't work. Right. Dang it. I know. That's crazy. I think we had like a, I kind of called him on his bluff. He was kind of dry and sarcastic, which I don't mind at all. And so I was kind of dry and sarcastic back. So I think he had no shame to call me and be like, I know you're not going to be surprised, but (laughs) (laughs) like we just had a good, we all had a good relationship. And then Um, he was like, she's going to call you later to tell you what she needs. All right. Like, okay, well, I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. I know. But that, yeah, they're both pretty settled now. So I think it's over. It's been a few years since I've heard. Great. I'm glad, Mm -hmm. I guess, that it worked. They're happy now. Yeah. Um, Okay. I have a story. Okay. So when we were preparing for this episode, we didn't want to just spend the whole time talking about sad, terrible things um, (laughs) or reasons why you're having a difficult deal. But we also needed to talk about some things that happen when you buy, just like Sarah's message, and the buyers are not happy, Mm -hmm. right? Things come up. Things don't go well. 
end of the end of the transaction goes very poorly. But I have a specific story um, that that plays into when it's over, it's over is the title. And okay. when I when I mean when I say when it's over, it's over is that when the transaction closes, this is done. Right. You own the house. There's no going back. It's over. I had a listing. I'm going to try and make this as brief as I can. I feel like I may have told parts of the story before. I had a listing. It was actually my sister-in-law um, at the time. Not my sister-in-law anymore. But anyway, we she's selling her house, okay? She's she's moving. She uh, listed, gets a buyer. Everything's great. It's an RD loan. The buyer's getting an RD loan. Yes. And you have her house listed. Correct. RD means rural development. It's a 100% loan. At that time, years ago, they were taking a very long time. Yes, I remember. It could be months. Right, Depending months. on how far behind that office was, okay? Well, I, you know, in the shuffle of things or in just the, the buyer's agent's negligence, they never told us where they were at with RD. Mm. My seller packed it all up. Her apartment wasn't going to be ready for two weeks. So she has to pack her things, put them into storage, go live with a friend to be out for closing. Two days before closing, the so this is obviously pre-trid. Right. Two days before closing, the agent, uh, I the agent doesn't reach out to me. I reach out to the agent and I say, hey, when are y'all going to do that final walkthrough? She's actually out already. And, and they're like, oh, no, we're going to have to do an extension. You know, the file just went to RD. And I went, oh, oh, wait, hold up. Just went. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, RD was like 20 days behind. I'm like, well, that means we're at least three to four weeks out of closing. So you knew this. And you knew. Oh, But gosh. you didn't tell me. And she was like, yeah, what a, you know, what of it? We need the extension. She, she didn't care. And I was like, oh, my. And I'm like, here's the problem. We, during the repair, rec- during the inspection, we had negotiated $500 towards repairs. Okay. And I said, listen, my seller has bought, you know, moved, had to pay for a storage, is living on the couch of uh, a friend, and would have been ecstatic to give you a three or four week extension because it would have worked out timing wise. Mm-hmm. Only move once, live in your house until you go to your next place. Hurrah. I said, we she needs to be compensated. Right. I don't have to sign this extension. She needs to be compensated. Right. So I said, why don't we just wash this $500 in repairs? You don't get your $500. It's basically like she's keeping $500 to pay for her second move. Mm-hmm. All is well. Agent says, okay, fine. This is where I made a mistake. I sent over in the same email the extension signed by my seller and the addendum showing we removed the repairs. Oh. And in my, I will admit, negligence, when she sent back the signed extension, I just didn't even realize they didn't sign the addendum intentionally. Right. She's like, oh, look, they already signed the extension. She was very <gasps> so dirty. sketchy and dirty and fraud. Ba- I mean, like, she said to me, yeah, all right, fine. We'll do that. Just, you know, whatever. And then chose not to, ha- the, the they did not sign, okay? Well, here's where the story is very much filled with karma. At closing, the agent did not attend, nor did she send a representative. Okay. And- clearly did not check the settlement statement prior to closing. Okay. On the settlement statement, the $500 were not 
for repairs were not reflected. Wow. Well, that was correct in accordance to what we agreed to. Right. And I said, okay, fine. Yeah. You're like, here's the email. Great. Where no we problem. Just, yeah. We sign. Done's done. The buyer's there. They sign. Everything's done. Okay. And in an RD, I think a lot like an FHA, there's a document that says, have all the terms of the purchase agreement been met. Right. And everyone signs beyond the fact that the closing is the end and it's over. It's over. Right. Mm. Not within an hour of closing, the agent is texting me, hey, where's that $500 for repairs? And I'm like, wow. what do you mean? We agreed to let that go because my seller had to move out prematurely. And we agreed that would be the way we would compensate her. Mm -hmm. And she said, we never signed that addendum. I said, well, you said you were going to sign the addendum. And nobody was at closing. And nobody nobody said anything at closing and done's done. Right. And she texted me for two full days in a her very harassing manner saying she's going to sue me. Do it. Her client needed the money. We agreed to this. It was in writing. But the funny thing to me was you you tried to trick me mm -hmm. and karma got you. Right. Because you didn't show up to closing and look at that settlement statement. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't even want to think about how difficult that closing would have been if she had showed right. and said, we want it. We never signed that. And then we had to like fight back and forth because at the end of the day, I'd have had to eat that because mm -hmm. I didn't have the signed addendum. They didn't sign the addendum. Right, right. But she wasn't there. That is very and interesting. And the end is the end. Mm. And I checked with a title attorney too. And they were like, nope. The end's the end. Right. They, they can't said, come back. They said that they were, that's fine. They signed. Mm-hmm. And the buyer was probably a first-time buyer or someone who wasn't away, like didn't think you don't get money outside of closing. Right. And they were like, call their agent after, where's our $500? And she's like, oh, let me get that for oh, you. about that. If you're enjoying the Hustle Humbly podcast, we could use your help. We are trying to get some new reviews. Please head over to the show notes and click the link to leave us some new reviews at ratethispodcast.com slash hustle humbly. And if you're on Spotify, you need to follow, hit the bell, rate the show, and leave a comment on the current episode. And for our YouTube friends, like, subscribe, and hit that bell. Thanks for all your support. Have you had any other like walkthrough issues or, I mean, I know there are some or closing issues where you were having a difficult transaction and maybe you got to the walkthrough and, and y'all had to come up with some creative way to get to closing? I've ha I mean, surely. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. I had an agent not do a walkthrough. I had the listing and in the MLS description, I had written, Washer and dryer can remain at buyer's request. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They were very old. Mm -hmm. I didn't really think anybody would want them. Mm -hmm. So sure enough, we got a purchase agreement and it was not on the purchase agreement. So when my sellers were moving out, they were like, hey, what do we do with our washer dryer? We like tried to sell them on Facebook. Nobody wanted and them. Nobody wanted them. It was a them. hassle. Yes. And I said, well, the buyers don't want them. So we just we do have to remove them because if they are bringing their own, they don't want to have to. And she right. was like, okay, so they put them at the street. <laughs> so we went to closing and an hour after closing, I get a frantic call from the agent. Where is the washer and dryer? And I'm, I screenshotted her. The I said, you never asked for the washer and dryer. You said it was staying. I said, it could stay if the buyer wanted it, but you did not ask for it. It has to be in the contract. Right. 
she had to buy her buyers a washer and dryer. And for the record, the ones that there were literal garbage. Yeah. Like they couldn't sell them for $200 and she had to spend like $600 of her own money. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so many situations. People just take things they don't know or they do know and take them anyway. I mean, it's just... There's so many things that could happen. Yeah, I've had to eat commission at closing when, for, just like Sarah said, where she had a buyer coming short without money. What? I've never had that happen. You've not never would. You never. That's not wood. You've never had someone not have the money. I've actually never. So y'all, I, for people who maybe now in this environment are starting to see it be a little, it's not even anything like it. But I was here during, like the crash. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of short sales and a lot of foreclosures and a lot of people who maybe weren't even doing a short sale, but would not, would be upside down on what they owed. Okay. Right. And they, the seller wouldn't even realize they were going to have to come to closing with $3,000 or $4,000 or $16,000. Like she's talking about a buyer. That makes sense. But a seller who then found out the day before closing, you need $3,000. Y'all, it's paying the commission. Mm -hmm. Their loan was going to be made – that was going to be paid off. Right. I had – I mean, there's been a time or two where I was just like, take it out of mine. That's the only way to do it. Or you don't close. Oh. Or like you can get the – Why did they not know that they they needed to bring money? Alyssa. Because their agent never did a net sheet with them, never told them what to expect, never had them, you know, get with the title of company on their numbers before closing. I don't think that new agents realize the wondrous power of that three-day TRID law. It was so bad before it was here. It was like the wild West. It was horrendous. You, I hated closing. You could be at the in the parking lot at closing and they'd be like, you can go. It's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen today. You could be on stage. Maybe, it was, maybe well, tomorrow. You know how you say you're not an emergency room doctor? Back in those days, you, you had, had to, to be, be on call. Like maybe we'll close, maybe we won't. Like we got the package. Can you be here in 20 minutes? I, I never uh, title office employees were constantly sweating and running around like like crazy people because Exactly that. The package shows up 10 minutes before closing. We can do this. We'll make it happen. Right. Now it's like, you don't make the three-day cutoff. You don't. That's it. Mm-hmm. You can't close. So those are those are wild ones. Did you have an, an attic story? Was this a, a, a death in an attic? Um, I had a situation where it was a foreclosure. Uh-huh. And my buyer was purchasing it. Mm-hmm. And the... Uh, while we were there for the home inspection, the neighbor came over and explained that the person that lived here before um, was hauled off to a men- mental institution. Okay. Because she swore someone lived in the attic and that there was noises and this. Right. And I can see my buyer like deflating. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> so I go to the home inspector. I'm like, hey. I really need you to check the attic. Like hard. Hard. Any like hidden passageways, any evidence of a person, of someone, <laughs> someone living, living there. there. So um, ultimately, my buyer decided to buy the house okay. as a joke, but we really not as a joke. We, <laughs> we at the final walkthrough, I surprised him and I brought a priest 
and we had the home blessed. Okay. Okay. It was a. Uh, I did it like laughing, but at the You're same like, time, just we in really case. need it. <laughs> we, we don't. Know, we don't know who's in the attic. It was very interesting, and so then week the week of him living there the first time it's like 10 o'clock at night and i get this text <laughs> oh and it's gosh, like no. a recording and i'm like oh no, oh, no. <gasps> and you hear these noises oh my god in the attic well the blessing didn't work <laughs> they, they don't work on squirrels <laughs> oh it was a squirrel and he could come and go so whenever people would go nothing would be there right right Oh, my word. So, yeah, I mean, okay. just, that one was special. Yeah. Okay, let's do a list of things you can't do after closing. Oh. Okay, and, and here's <laughs> here's how I feel like this relates to the difficult deals. You know, if you're dealing with a difficult seller or buyer, someone who's maybe not so nice, good news. When it's over, it's over. You don't have to be friends anymore. Right. Um, so here's And some, not everybody needs to go on your database. If, if, you, uh, if, if it you, was a client that you did not jive well with they were rude condescending whatever too needy didn't match with you don't put them on your database because you don't have to follow up with them anymore don't don't follow up with them anymore we talk about this in the course because if you put them on there or you have people like that on your database it will cause you to not want to work with like to not get in your database and contact people you'll Mm -hmm. be like "Ooh, i don't want to because i'm avoiding those people just don't put those people on there right only put people you actually want to talk to Mm -hmm. Um, okay so here's some things you can't do after closing in case anyone needs a reminder uh check repairs or get (laughs) receipts for repairs too late you got to do a walkthrough and maybe one day we'll do a whole walkthrough episode but you got to do a walkthrough you got to have this stuff before um you can't do an additional inspection after closing closing. The ship has sailed. Right. You can't do that. You can't ask for monies after closing. You can't realize you didn't get some type of... It's too late. If the closing costs weren't on the settlement statement on the CD and you didn't see it, too bad. Right. It's done is done. Um, I had that happen too. Like the closing costs weren't there? It was, a, it was actually the commission. The one and only... Uh, actual lease purchase that I did from beginning to end where oh. I, I put my buyer into a lease purchase. A por- the way it was worked out was a portion of the real estate, because co- it was listed by mm-hmm. by, a, by an agent. Basically, the por- a portion of the commissions were paid up front. They had a two-year lease period, and then they had to buy, and then a portion of commissions were going to be paid at closing. Well, I guess the way the listing agent had talked to their seller, they hadn't made it very clear. Mm. And they also did not show up to closing. So here's, uh, you got to go to closing and you got to check your settlement statements. He was calling me after closing like, hey, the seller didn't realize that they had this much commission left to pay and it only went on your side. And, and he thought he was paying both of us. And I'm like, but it was the right amount. Like it was the MLS agreed upon amount. So I got the amount I was you got supposed paid. to be paid. That you didn't get paid is kind of between you and your seller. Right. Because that's not how it was on the settlement statement. That's not how it was in the MLS. And I I didn't get extra paid. Mm-hmm. I just got paid. The seller just was like, that's all I owe. Right. And And the agent tried to convince me to give him back part of the commission. And I was like, he's like, I got kids, you know, I'm like, yep, same here. So I'm going to just hang on to this. Right. Because I did the work. Because something happened on the listing side where a mistake was made. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm like, oh, my word. I, so um, you can't get money after closing. Uh, I will say 
if you're having a walkthrough issue, like let's just say it's pretty small. I had one that wasn't very small, but we handled it. The pool is part of the sale. It's a pool in the backyard. It's a great pool. When we looked at the house, blue. When we did the inspection, blue. When we went to the walkthrough, green. Okay. Pool is no longer swimmable. It looks like a lagoon. We're like, I don't know what's happening here. Seller shows up to the, um, actually the agent then shows up to the walkthrough and is like, I don't know. It's fine. Everything's fine. The seller fixed a piece. It'll be blue in two days. I'm like, but it's not blue now. Right. You didn't tell us you had to fix something and it's closing in like just a few hours. And so my buyer isn't comfortable buying a house that he's not sure if the pool works. Right. You know, so what are we going to do? You want to get an inspector over here to look at it? You, basically a very angry seller, not my client, the other one, was like, you know, we agreed to get a pool guy over and look at it. And it was going to be $250 for him to do what he needed to do. And he he basically guaranteed it would be working again. So I'm like, we need $250. And the seller was like, I don't want to give you $250. I'm like, you're going to have to. And then the agent was like, he doesn't have to. And I'm like, well, then you give me $250. And he was like, well, I don't want to. I'm like, then get your seller to do it. Right. Because someone's going to make the pool right. You have to. I said that he said the contract doesn't say anything about the water in the pool. He, he like he tried to make it sound like <sighs> the water in the pool didn't have to be same or blue. better condition. That's what I said. Here are the lines where it says the house has to be in the same or better condition. The pool was blue. Now it's green. We, that's not the same or better condition. Finally, the seller agreed to it. He was so awful in the closing that the mm. type, the very kind title attorney, like hurried him through and kicked him out. Wow! Because he was like, this is unacceptable. Like his behavior was so bad. Um, okay, but those are things you can't do after closing. Also, if you listen to two episodes ago where I talked about I had the listing and after closing, the buyers found termites. The buyer's agent called me and wanted me to fix the problem. It was his job at that time to explain to the buyer that – the seller and the seller's agent did nothing wrong here. Right. This was a hidden thing that nobody would have seen otherwise. Right. There's no fraud. So we have absolutely nothing to call the sellers about. Right. If if it, if the roles had been reversed and this would have happened to my buyer, I never would have called the listing agent. Because there's nothing to be done. There's nothing to say. It just right. makes you look silly. Like you yeah. don't understand. How it works. How it works. That's not how it works. So <laughs> there are just things that once you sign, it is what it is. I know. I have one last story about this. Okay. Okay. I had the sweetest retired couple that were – moving here to be close to a grandchild. And the they had a home where they were coming from that was actually under contract. So they had gotten it under contract after we found a house. Two houses are under contract. The one they're buying, the one they're selling. Things are going well um, on both ends. The day before our inspection, the spouse passes away. Mm. Okay? Of my, my clients. So... We canceled the inspection. We canceled the purchase. We're like, you know, we can't move forward. Obviously, you know, we have to, she had to deal with the death on the other end. Well, we had a deposit, but we were within our inspection period. So whether we had an inspection or not, we could have canceled. It's fine. Legally, we were fine. Um, The seller of the house that 
we were buying did not want to give the deposit back. I'm like, well, that just makes you look really bad. This poor person has lost her spouse unexpectedly, obviously. Yeah. And you want to hang on to her, you know, a couple thousand dollars? And it's not like it's the day before closing. No. Like, this is still very uh, early on. Within your right, you you have a contractual right. Right. And the agent, who obviously was dealing with that difficult seller, was like, I'm very sorry. I I can't believe he's even saying this. We will figure it out. And then we did get the deposit back. But the other part of this that I wanted to share is that – my client, she still had to sell her house mm. because it was under contract. And the seller doesn't have an out unless, I mean, like she couldn't get out of the deal. She had to sell it. So she sold the house and went and lived with a friend and then eventually did come here to buy. And the, and we shopped for a different kind of house because it was only going to be her and, you know, things had changed. And those were hard showings. Mm-hmm. She was very emotional. We spent you know, an hour in a house while she cried with her daughters. And we looked at that, like it was emotionally draining. She's one of my dearest clients and I love her very much, but you just don't know. Right. Even when things are going great and everything's wonderful, bad things can happen Mm -hmm. mid transaction. And you have to like figure out how to deal with those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, um, I mean, it can be really hard. Right. Because people are so emotional about these types of things and on top of that, trying to move. Mm -hmm. So I I think that, you know, everyone probably has a story like that. Have you had a client that expressed their displeasure with working with you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, For sure. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't want you to do this anymore. I'm like, we're under contract. So you can't fire me now. We're here now. (laughs) Right. Like, we don't have to talk. Maybe I don't want to talk to you. (sighs) I had a seller that I did not realize they were going through divorce. They didn't tell Uh, me. They didn't tell me that's what was happening. Okay. They were still living there. He was away a lot for work. Um, I did not realize they were getting, they had been, their kids were grown. Like yeah. I just had, it was not on my radar you at You didn't think all about it. Right. They were going through a divorce, but he was just very rude to me and counted down the days till he could fire, fire you. Yeah. Even though I did more open houses and more everything for them, it didn't matter. Um, he would be like, how much longer until the contract is expired? Like, how much wow. longer? And I just – it was just like there was nothing I could do to make them happy. Right. I also had a situation with a seller from another country. Mm-hmm. And she was came off as very cold. But I feel like I won her over yeah. and gained her trust. And then we got under contract fairly quickly. And – through inspections and then the house didn't appraise. Okay. And she did not take that well and right. just totally blamed me. And um, we ended up doing what we had to do. Right. And we closed. And then after closing, she got my after closing <laughs> email template. Oh, God. And and it did ask in that one for sellers, like, hey, please send me your new address so I can add you to my um, my client list. And she was like, I am not giving you my new address. <gasps> no way. And I was like, okay. What? And she was like, I am just so unsatisfied with the service that you provided me. And I'm like, 
Wow. Okay. And okay, she, I'm sorry. She said, when it didn't appraise, you should have told them that they no longer got the refrigerator. That's... And I'm going, you didn't want the refrigerator. Right. What are you talking about? You told about? me it would stay with the house because you didn't want to move it. And then they asked for it and you gave it willingly. Well, I didn't know at that time the house wasn't going to appraise and I could have sold it. I'm like, okay, I don't want you on my database. That's okay. So I don't need your address. Just don't leave me a one-star review. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. You know, sometimes it's just... Let them go. Oh, sometimes man. you just got to let them go. Mm-hmm. Anything else with a difficult deal you'd like to share? I mean, how many stories do you want me to we tell? We could go on and on. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we don't want to be like over the top on our time. <laughs> you could tell one more if you have another good one. Do you have another good one? Yeah. Okay. I have one here your bats. Do you have a story about bats? I had bats in my personal home. Okay. And I had a situation with a house that had bats. Okay. Is not, that not that what you want to tell me? Tell me no, a good one. No, it wasn't on Do that Do you have one. a good one that we need to get? Okay. Yeah. So when I was newer, okay, y'all, we, there was like a running joke in the office my first two years because I lived on phone duty okay. and open houses. And right. like I... I wasn't asking my sphere because I felt like I was too young and they were already had to, I had had a few tell me. No, we're no. not going to do this. So I was hurt and right. like, I'm never going to ask a friend or family yeah. to use me again. Okay. Anyway, so I was living on phone duty and, you know, I got my nine transaction call on phone duty. So that one paid off. Okay. This next one never paid off, but I <laughs> learned a lot. Oh, God. It was this old man, and I have a soft spot for the the seniors. All right. And he was so old. And um, he was like, I have got to sell my house. It is just – I don't know what to do. Um, I'm like, okay, can you tell me your your address? And he's like, tell he tells me his address, and it's far away. <laughs> it's like in Zachary. <laughs> you're like, you're like, hmm. <laughs> it was like 45 minutes from my house, but I'm like, I'll be right over. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, okay, well, it, it's yellow and it has all these flowers and the flower beds and you'll see this. And he's describing the house to me. And I pull up and I'm like, oh, God. It's this, not. This, what? I'm like very confused. Like, are you blind? <laughs> no flowers. He was. <gasps> blind. He was actually blind? Uh-huh. Hadn't seen his house in 12 years. Oh, my word. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was yellow. It, it, it at did one point, have flowers. Yes. Now it looks like a foreclosure that the bank forgot about. Oh, my heavens. Okay. Oh, my And God. I'm instantly feeling – like, looking back, I cannot believe I went in. This could have been a bad situation. Right. But I, I didn't go in at first. I called him. I said, I think I'm here. I'm at the address you gave. Okay. But it is not the house you described and – I, I there's a car in the driveway, but I don't think it runs. Oh, sweetie, I haven't driven in so and so years because I'm blind. And I was like, oh, the of Makes course you are. <laughs> yes. Okay. Great. So I went in, and his wife was not in a good way. There was a hospital bed. There was hospital things. I'm not a medically inclined person. I made my middle sister come with me to get my shots all the way through college because I hate medical things. Okay. And I basically walked in, had to find him because he couldn't find me, 
I saw too much and I was like, this is not going to work. And you just told him this is not going to work. This is not going to work. I said, we cannot sell the house while she is here in the home. Right. It could harm her if somebody trips over something. I said, and it just doesn't make people feel – it's a very sad situation. Right. I know you can't see that, but I can. And it is sad. And we cannot sell the home with y'all living here. Well, we can't move until we sell. So what do we do? And I'm like, well, we're just going to have to figure this out. Do you have family? So we had to get family involved. And I did all this work, all this work. I had the our dear friend that we had on the podcast, Nikki Beeson, the title attorney, drive with me out there to get him to legally fill out some forms because he was blind. It had to be in front of a witness. Like, legally, I can't say, like, I took advantage of this man. I went to Zachary more times than I would have liked and had – sometimes he would call me to ask me what time it was because he couldn't see. It was a bad situation. Wow. And after I got all the kids involved to try to help the parents, apparently they didn't have a good relationship with the parents and had no sympathy, okay? It was all around a bad situation only for me to one day see shortly after that it was listed. Not with me. (laughs) Wait. Oh, my word. What? One of the children was like, I'll handle this. I'll handle this and called his realtor and she just listed it. And I was new. So I was upset. I needed that sale. I was I had spent countless hours and because I cared and I I hate to say it. This is the beginning of me. Stop caring. This is is when you made it a little more professional. Yes. This is when I realized, oh, I need some boundaries in place. I can't like fix everyone. I can't overstep in certain ways, even if they need help. Like there's only so much you can do. Right. Fair. And when it, and it took a long time, but it did close. And I called the agent after and I was like, listen, I am not trying, I'm not calling to say like, this was my client or anything. I'm actually calling to say like, is Mr. Nelson okay? Like how, what happened? Can you tell me? And she was like, oh my gosh, this was like the saddest situation I've ever been in, blah, blah, blah. We were in the process of finding somewhere for them to go and she passed. Okay. So then in a way it made things a little easier Mm -hmm. because we just had to find him like an assisted living to get them out. And anyway, I will never forget what a mess of a story that was. Right. It was very... You know, I did so much work. Right. For nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Okay. I mean. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's end on that. <laughs> Sorry. It's so it's sad. Kind of I know. Sad. It is really sad. But the, I mean, oh my God. If that would happen today, I would never have handled it the way I handled well, it then. right, right. Not saying it was wrong for me to care. Because no. I, I was, I would have helped if I could have, but I never even helped. Right. Like nothing I did mattered. Right. I never made it that far. You didn't get that far. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, it was a noble effort. <laughs> Let's call it that. I learned a lot. You learned I really a lot, did. Right? I learned about all sorts of things. <laughs> right. You know, like a mentally incapacitated seller. Right. What if they you are blind? lots of legal information. Yes, I did. Yeah, well, that and, was like, a good learning lesson. Mm-hmm. Learning lessons are important. You don't lose, you learn. <laughs> right. There you go. 
<laughs> there you go. Okay. I, I hope that we didn't, um, I don't know, depress anyone today. What was that episode where we got off on the tangent? Oh, the forever home oh, myth <laughs> with the coffins. And we ended with talking about dying in your home in coffins. I yeah. feel like this kind of took the dark route too. I mean, I'm here's sorry. the sad truth of it. In real estate, it's you're dealing truth. with people's lives, which may also include their deaths and divorces. Yeah. I mean, you're it's not it's a everyone needs shelter, right? Mm-hmm. Until they don't. Right. Like you're going to be involved in some people. You were like kind of appalled amazed but i've had quite a few deaths during transactions you were telling me i haven't really had that many and people you've done die. more transactions than me but i'm like i don't maybe death just no it's not that many it's not that many okay but i mean i have i have had some i have not or i've had a lot that were listings due to death right like oh, i wasn't yeah, involved sure. in the death this one story i just told is the only death that happened during a transaction mm. mm-hmm but I've known other agents who's had quite a – like, has it – it happens. Right. So when people post that, uh, the when the peop, the seller posts, my house is sold and they just got a contract, I'm like, you're far from sold. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen between now and closing. Right. Anything could happen. Hmm. All right. Would you like a toast? Let's bring this up. Let's brighten it up. Do we have any better stories we can end on? Hmm. Like a happy story about- How do you find a happy about story? About difficult deals? I'm, you're right. It's just meant to be a little bit of a downer. Now, there are some difficult deals that it feels like you're solving a puzzle, like you're you're solving a problem, and mm-hmm. then you work it out and everything's okay. Mm-hmm. But I've had some, I don't know of a lot of uplifting, difficult deal stories. Me neither. I'm sorry to say. I know. I was trying to. You were like, maybe I can get one. I can't think of anything. (laughs) No. I mean, no. Sorry. Sorry to say. Okay. Okay. Let's toast. (laughs) Might as well. We need to just get out of here. Yeah. Okay. Um, Here's the the deal. Leslie Clayman in Lubbock, Texas. Mm. And I think Leslie is in the community. Uh Oh. Is in Lubbock, Texas. And she wants to toast to Morgan Gates. Okay. So, Morgan willingly answers all of my questions in text messages even after switching brokerages. Hmm. She has offered to let me shadow her. She has helped me price listings, and she always helps and encourages me. As a first-year young realtor, this help has been unbelievably appreciated. Cheers, Morgan. That's really sweet. So, cheers to Morgan, and thank you to Leslie. Um, You know. Good. We needed to end on an on an up. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> thank thank thanks, you for ladies. bringing up the mood. Sorry. Okay. Um. Goodbye, everyone. Okay. Bye. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> so bad. We need something light and fluffy next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash hustle humbly and leave us a review or drop a comment if you're listening on Spotify. If you have an episode topic or someone you'd like to toast on the show, please email us at team at hustlehumblypodcast.com. Find us on social media at Hustle Humbly Podcast. Don't forget to find all of the free resources at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. See you next week. This is the good life.